Hi everyone, it's Nasrin, Suhaila, Anna, and Delia. Welcome to Reality Podcast, where in today's episode, we will discuss about child marriage. Brewing a part of consciousness with a side of wellness. Quench your curiosity with reality. The Sustainable Development Goals, also known as the Global Goals, were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 as a global call to action to eradicate poverty, safeguard the environment and guarantee by 2030 everyone lives in peace and prosperity. Gender equality is the fifth SDG that focuses on achieving gender equality and empowering all women and girls. Women and girls are usually treated as second-class citizens and the most worrying case is child marriage. Among the goals in the fifth SDG are to guarantee that discrimination against women and girls is eliminated worldwide, to end all kinds of violence against women and girls, including trafficking, sexual exploitation and other forms of exploitation, in both the public and private domains to end all negative practices such as child marriage, early marriage, and forced marriage. As well as female genital mutilation from society and to ensure that unpaid care and domestic labour are recognised and valued via the provision of public services and infrastructure, the implementation of social protection laws, and the promotion of shared responsibility within the home and the family as suitable for each country. This is a public service announcement about COVID-19. People with COVID-19 may be suffering from short of breath, coughing, muscle pain, headache, sore throat, chills, runny nose, or loss of taste. Sometimes, people may throw up and get diarrhea. Talk to a doctor or local clinic and get tested if you have COVID-19 symptoms. Protect yourself. Okay, without wasting our time, we would like to introduce you guys to our speaker, Dr. Mala. She is a general practice medical officer at Columbia Asia Hospital, Cheras. Dr. Mala is a public figure that always shares about medical awareness. She is also a TikTok famous with 100k followers. Oh my god, really? Wow! Yes, Delia. Dr. Mala's videos always came across on my For You page on TikTok. Have you not ever watched her TikTok videos, Delia? <laughs> no, I do watch it. I'm just kidding. Oh, by the way, we also have our second speaker, which is Miss Filza, who is a family counselor. Now, without further ado, let's invite our first speaker, Dr. Mala. Hi, Dr. Mala. Hi, Dr. Mala. Hi. Hi, guys. Okay, doctor, let's jump into our first question that we wanted to ask you. As we all know, it's hard to educate the parents to not marry their children at an early age. And we also cannot end it. So, how do we prevent it from happening? Well, I think it's easier to educate the children. It's easier and better to empower the children themselves rather than going around to their parents. By that way, I think putting a hold to child bride or early marriage will be easier. Uh, let's empower our younger generation than their parents. Uh, but of course, we can do it together. We can always bring parents into the loop by teaching parents and giving awareness to parents that children have 
power and have rights to their body and mind, although they are minor, uh, they sort of not able to give consent to themselves, including medical consent or a civil consent and etc. But parents should realize that children are human beings as well. And they are also lives from the time they were in the womb until from their baby time, they do have rights to their body. So parents should learn how to respect their children. And that sense, I think it's easier to educate parents nowadays not to marry their children at a young age until they are able to give a mature consent themselves. I agree with you, doctor. The owner of the body should acknowledge about what is going on to their body and their parents should provide the knowledge to their kids. In your opinion, what is the effect of child marriage on girls' educational opportunities? I'm not sure whether opportunities are generally just taken away just because a child is married. But I think it will interfere when the girl gets pregnant. It will interfere when the girl has pregnancy complications. It will interfere in terms of her concentration. So there's a lot of interference and a lot of possibility for lack of attention to the education. So in that sense, the girl might lose opportunities. She could have done better. But because she is diverting her energy to something else, then she looks as though, you know, she is a lower performer. Of course, what I'm saying doesn't apply to everyone. I know people who are married, who have kids, who who are pregnant, who can do really well. But children or teenagers, admixture with being pregnant, being married, and then you're also studying, it wouldn't be everyone cup of coffee. Generally, children going into marriage and trying to continue studies at the same time, it's making the race tough for the girls. It, this is the same in corporate, right? This is the same in working world. A man who's married and expecting a baby, he wouldn't be so much interrupted in his work and his studies as much as the lady who's married and pregnant and expecting a baby. This, this is a little bit different no matter how much you shout and scream and fight for gender equality. There's already inequality in our structure, anatomy, biology, and you know our ability as men and women. So pushing these children into marriage at early life when they are trying to score in studies will just take away the opportunity in the sense that we are actually diverting the girl's attention and also energy. Probably it's the best to do one thing at a time, especially when they are so young and they have only limited experience and decision-making ability. I'm not putting it blanketly saying that anyone who's pregnant or married cannot achieve. And studies, I'm saying it's tougher for teenagers and children. For me, having an ambition really helps us to be more determined about what do we want to do with our life in the future, especially for children. I think by giving them a highlight about adulting can help them to know what they want to be for their future. What do you think are the impact does child marriage have on girls' health? Well, I think first of all, the biggest impact is on mental health. So this girl goes into marriage life so early, earlier than her colleagues and her friends, that she also feels aged earlier than her friends. So, you know, when everyone else enjoying at their 30s, for example, this girl is already a mother of 10 years old or mother of 15 years old. So she'll have a lot of low self-esteem. She'll have a lot of dissatisfaction.
emotions, a lot of stress, for example, because you start comparing to each other. That's just the general one. Otherwise, I also think that they go into the physical transformation earlier because pregnancy generally changes the structure of your body. You get a little bit of baby bum, you get a little bit of tummy, your thighs and butt do get bigger. Your body just changed from the time you were single, then, you know, after getting married, after getting one baby, after getting two babies. So this young children will just be so disturbed mentally and physically as well. And I also realized that women or girls who marry at a young age goes into obesity earlier, maybe because they don't get into the same group of friends anymore. They probably don't work out that much. I'm just not sure. I'm not saying it as a general accusation, but they care less for their body because maybe it takes a longer run. Yes, doctor. I agree with you. Kids should be worry-free at their age. Do you think that they will be more vulnerable to domestic violence? I think girls who marry at a younger age, who were initially dependent on their father and their husband, will be less independent, will be less defensive to themselves, they'll have less self-defense. Therefore, they will be easily vulnerable to any type of violence, especially domestic violence, because we did not give them that opportunity to live on their own. You know, in a normal girl's life, you know, she lived with her parents, and then at the age of 17 or 18, she would go out to university, she'll live with a friend, she would have been alone on her her own and then she'll start working. So you're just taking away this whole block of life from this child bride where she never had experience of living on her own. Therefore, she'll be more vulnerable to any sort of violence, not just domestic, probably violence at work, harassment. She'll be smaller in sense of personality. So it's really a big impact to this girl's personality. Oh, I see. So these children have to be exposed to the outside world rather than living inside the cave. And I think they have to learn to be independent. And that will not change the fact that they are still a kid who wants to go out and play with their friends. Dr. Mala, our young generation would be affected by this child marriage. My question is to you, what should be taught or mentioned in school to raise awareness regarding child marriage at a young age? In my opinion, schools should be teaching children about ambition, about dreams, about being successful and what is beyond relationship and marriages. Children are so talented. They have a lot of talents to bring out. They have a lot of dreams to catch. And marriage is a long-term commitment. I'm not saying that after getting married, you cannot achieve some things. But what I'm saying to these children is that it will be tougher. I have been there. I've been a student when I was a single and you know not a wife not a mother and I've been a student when I'm in my motherhood as a wife it's totally different so children should be taught to prioritize things in their life to chase success in terms of education in terms of financial independence in terms of empowering themselves in terms of being someone who can contribute to the society and the world in a different perspective not just by baby making person. So I think if we empower our young children about what they can do, what else they can do rather than marrying and getting babies and being a very loyal wife and etc. What else can you be? You can be an entrepreneur, you can be a business owner, you can be a successful CEO, you can be so many things. Uh, if we were to empower that, I think children will easily understand that they need a little bit more time 
time in their life before they commit into a long-term relationship, which is a marriage. So schools should be teaching children to list down their ambitions, to list down what they want to do at 10 years old, what they want to do at 20 years old. And then schools should be teaching children to catch this dream and try and fail and experience every essence of life so that when you look back into your life, there's so many beautiful moments and beautiful experiences that you can tell other people for the rest of your life, like your own children and grandchildren. Brewing a pot of consciousness with a side of wellness. Quench your curiosity with reality. Why should you pursue your study in public relation? The goal of this program is to produce passionate, knowledgeable public relation practitioner who can contribute to the PR industry and for our country. What are you waiting for? Let's join us as a PR student in UITM. Now, let's invite our next speaker, Miss Filza. Hi Miss Filza, how are you? Hi Miss Filza. Hi Miss Filza. Hi Miss Filza. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing fine, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Awesome. Okay, Miss Filza, uh, the four of us are aware of your background. You are a psychology student, um, you do counseling and therapy for living. So, if you don't mind telling us and also the listener more about yourself. So, my name is Filza Izen. I am a registered counselor. I do therapy for a living. I do counseling for a living. Now I am doing a freelance with Meraki. So I do couple therapy, individual therapy, family therapy. At the same time, I am planning, inshallah, to open up my practice very, very soon. And it's called Atma Psychology Center very soon. So check that out. I am based in KL Slango area. Okay, Miss Filza, the first question will be, how common is child marriage in Malaysia in your opinion? When you ask how common it is, the first thing that comes to my mind, do you need numbers? Because I think when you need numbers, I mean, looking at the statistics, is it exactly, um, the numbers are actually, I mean, if, I mean, if you look at UNICEF, it's like 1,500 children marry every year in Malaysia. I don't know if you want to say that is high or not, but imagine 1,500 children. So yeah, I think and uh, I think last year um, in in the paper the ministry said 543 child marriage from January to September 2020. So that's like 543 lives of children. I don't know what to tell you if that is high or not, but I think one of the way to really measure it is common or not, just ask yourself whether it is common for you to hear it. I think it's kind of common, yeah. lah, kan? Yeah. Looking at social medias, Instagram, TikTok, and all that, I think it gets viral sometimes, you know, when, when a child, or you want to call it a girl bride, because it's more preval- uh, prevalent on girls, kind of married. So it is rather common, unfortunately. For us, I think it's very uncommon I guess because it's a lot actually 1,500 children in a year right, compared right. to like it's a lot <laughs> okay can we jump to the next question in your opinion what do you think will happen if a girl tries to resist early marriage that's a very tough tough question for a girl can when, when you say a girl meaning person that is under 18 years old meaning that the person is under the care of their parents for children to resist tough it is somewhat rude lah right especially you want to you want to put in the cultural context and all that so i think one one way if you want to look at this you can look at the personal level 
and the societal level if the girl resist early marriage even faultless kan kalau kita tak dengar cakap parents and all that the parents would be angry and all that so imagine you're resisting marriage sounds like a big thing a disappointment from family i know some people they got this own from the family and imagine the effect of it on a child it's a big effect and of course on a societal level especially in in a society that normalizes child marriage of course you know the perception of society people will frown upon you people will talk back especially in malaysia because we are living in a collectivistic country culture so the perception of the people around is so important to us so i think this is the impact of it if they try to resist early marriage and that's why if you look at the research a lot of child marriage it happens in a culture that is collectivistic because it's not an individual choices it's a society for the choice it's a cultural thing what will happen if a girl seeks for help after suffering from child marriage it depends it depends where does this girl seek help from if a girl seek help from her own traditional family imagine the parents ask the the girl to get married and then something happened in the marriage itself and the girl comes back to the family of course and to the traditional family again going into cultural context who cannot handle shame who cannot ha- handle embarrassment when a child comes back to the parents the family feels shame So, what do you call it like jaga muka kan and that it depends on where they go of course like if they go to NGO some awam ke you know and all that right WAO ke then it's different they specialize in helping women or girls it really depends and if they go to their friends or their family pointing a lot of us we view abuse cases lightly so macam eh betul ke ah, that's the thing kan macam are you sure that you're suffering or are you just you know not handling your responsibility right it really depends on where they go to and things are very important for they to know where to go to actually yes i i do agree as well i mean it depends on where do you seek the help from is it from the parents or the ngo or the public right. what do you think are the consequences of child marriage to the society to the family or to the person itself to make it short i think we can look at from different aspects like uh, the question that you asked you know you can look at the personal level the societal level the psychological level and even the biological level biologically they are children and Of course, when you get married, you have to, you know, you need to have sex. So, increased risk of STI. Some children, they don't even know that they have STI. Sadly, kan? Because the knowledge is not there. And of course, when they have sex, they get pregnant. Biological aspect of, for example, a 16-year-old being pregnant. Again, pregnancy and even parenting itself. It requires skills and knowledge and they don't have that. So, that is the biological aspect of it. Of course, the societal aspect of uh, of um, child marriage, the rise of abuse cases, because they are children. They don't know. Sometimes they don't even know that they are being abused. They don't know that that slapping me is a form of abuse. You throwing things at me, or you verbally saying rude things to me, that is an abuse. They don't know that. It's an increased risk of abuse cases. So that is the societal aspect. Of course, the psychological aspect, which is my expertise, mental health. children going to marriage is a big thing i think with you guys for you know talking about marriage oh that's like a huge thing for it's a milestone of in in a human's life and imagine 16 year old 17 years old getting married big responsibility and of course their brain they are still not mature yet they maybe they lack knowledge 
for example, you know, uh, going back and because of, of all these factors um, relate to each other, they get pregnant, for example. How are they going to take care of a child? Increased risk of postpartum depression, increased risk of anxiety, you know, because they have to fulfill that role of being a wife. And the thing is, people don't teach them how to be wife, so they... It's not like a automatic thing, kan? Of course, with children, low coping mechanism, low resiliency, lack support, this all will affect their mental health. And the thing is, when it is affecting their mental health, they get depression, they get anxiety, they don't know where to seek help. That's the, the sad part of it. They don't know how to seek help. Itu satu. Sometimes they don't even know that they have mental health issues. They think that, oh, it's just me, you know, being me. Of course, it it will more likely to go into mental illness, you know, which is more severe. I totally agree with you because um, they are too young to understand what's really going on around them. Like being in marriage is like kind of very big thing for someone from the age of 15 to 17. So I think it's very hard for them to be responsible at a very young age. What do you think of the parents who marry their daughter to a grown man just to clear their debt or to lessen their burden? It is actually a valid factor, right, where research that poverty actually increases child marriage because by, you know, marrying off your child, you are, in a way, it will lessen lah, your burden financially to marry off, especially to, to someone that has money. So it is a valid factor that poverty actually increases child marriage. I'm not saying that we should, you know, advocate for child marriage in a society that has more poverty. No, but it is a valid factor. And it has been going on for thousands of years, I think. People marry off their children for money. So I think one of the things that we have to really do is to empathize. We have to be empathetic towards people who are in poverty. They are doing it out of desperation. They don't have any way out. It's either I marry off my child or my child die because of starvation or my family die because of starvation. So it's very important to really be empathetic towards them rather than we say, hey, you know, like, I don't care if you're poor, don't marry off your child. That's us not being understanding of them because this is, some, this is actually an option for them to do by selling off their daughters. So I think one of the way, rather than we blame them, For marrying on their child, we seek solution. How do we help people in poverty more? How do we help them? Rather than they sell off their daughters, they marry off their child. How do we help them more financially? Yeah, I do agree about that because there's always like a valid reason on why do these parents decided to marry off their child to someone older. Uh, in your opinion, is it disrespectful to deal with the religious or cultural customs of other Mm-mm. countries when it comes to child marriage? Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> it's an obvious, of right? Of course. It is disrespectful. If people say it's not, then I think they are not living in a society that has that is bounded by culture and norms. Of course it is. It is rude. You know, because we are going against something that is religiously inclined or culturally inclined. But doesn't mean that we have to stop fighting for it. We are in a society that We can think more. We have knowledge, you know. Of course, we understand. Thousand years ago, when child marriage happened, during that time, they don't have other options. But we are in 2021. We're not going to 2022 now. But doesn't mean that we have to ignore it. And of course, you know, it is disrespectful, but it is for the better. Balance is important. You know, research has stated that the impact of child marriage on a child, how bad it is for the child. You, you, don't, you don't even have to look at research. We, we can think ourselves, right? Imagine us girls here. We are 15, 16, pergi sekolah, then balik sekolah kena kahwin, you know? 
imagine that. So I think it is time for us to leave things that is not beneficial for us in the past. It is time to just put it in the history book and that's it. So there are some movements like child marriage movement out there. So do you think this movement is working to stop this child marriage? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me if it's working or not. I know we are having this conversation. Is it working? There will be like a movement for this, but it's still there. You cannot do anything about right. it. I mean, yeah. if it's really working, meaning if it's like zero percent child marriage, I don't think we're gonna have this podcast, right? I'm not saying that it is hundred percent not working at all. Of course not, you know. But again, you know, this thing takes time. Awareness is there. People are more aware of it right now, right? People are more aware of the bad side of child marriage. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, true. But aware of it, but it's not still. It's it's not significant. I think there are still people that really look at child marriage as something that is sweet, that is so romantic. Oh my goodness, you know this this. It's so cute, you know, child wearing a wedding dress, things like that. You know, we have those those kind of people. So I think it's still not enough. It is still not enough until everyone actually believe. That child marriage is actually not good, bad for, you know, children. Children should not be getting married. Children should learn about the world. Children should go and seek knowledge. And going back to your question, I don't think it's enough, but I think it is working. Maybe it's still not significant because I think maybe right now, as we speak out there, maybe a child is getting married right now. You don't know that, so still not enough there. As we all know, basically all of the world is ha- is dealing with this ending of child marriage. So, in your opinion, what are the laws around the world dealing with this sort of issues? Oh, okay. I don't know, like laws, particularly in the world, because <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. But I know that you know there are countries that what do you call it? The child marriage uh, statistics are more. Um, even in Malaysia, correct me if I'm wrong. You can get married at sixteen, I think, for Muslim, but with the permission of Sharia court and the parents. So, and even for the non-Muslim, I think um, you need permission, you know, from the from the court to get married. So, I think it really depends on the country itself. But I can tell you that countries really view this in a light way, You know, I I I know some countries really prefer child marriage, but for Malaysia, we you know, with our laws, it looks like. We do not encourage it, but it is still possible. So the yeah, possibility is so dangerous, though, kan? Yeah. The possibility so, right? Although you need like permission from the court, lah, Sharia, but it is still possible. So I think we need to really take out that possibilities and make it impossible for a child to get married to us. But I think for that to be impossible, it has to be like from the initiative from the government, right? Correct. Yeah, correct. But because is, right yeah. now, the government is allowing those but, laws to be approved. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Kalau we have like, what, 30 million people in Malaysia, if 30 million said, no, we don't want child marriage, but if the government said, oh, look, can, and still possible, right? It should come from a higher up. So it is not an individual approach only. It should be political. It should involve everyone, actually, the public health sector, education system, 
the mental health organizations, NGOs and all that, everyone needs to come together. It's not only from one side. Doesn't everyone accept that child marriage is wrong? Yeah, I because think. I, because I, I think, think in a way, everyone agrees, but then maybe they're afraid to voice out their opinions. Correct. Because it is, it is such a controversial issue that one we have um, to admit it is a controversial topic to talk about even so like I said you know going back if 30 million said no but the hurry up say yes still gonna be yes right unless the country and they know it but it's a whole lot process that like I said to wait until that happened even maybe today that's one child is getting married out there so do we need to do that to children do they deserve that aggressive approach needs to be to be done actually because I think it's very unfair for children to get married and to have big responsibilities in their life. Wait, I have a question. Do you guys know a girl's body is not physically developed enough to give birth? I'm just curious, what are the after effects of giving birth at an early age? From my research, early childbirth is especially dangerous for adolescents and their infants. Compared to women between the ages of 20 to 35, pregnant women under 20 are at a greater risk for death and disease, including bleeding during pregnancy, toxemia, hemorrhage, prolonged and difficult labor, severe anemia and disability. Might that I add, it is also a high risk for pregnancy-related high blood pressure or known as preeclampsia and is complication than average age mother. Risks for the baby include premature birth and low birth weight. Preeclampsia can also harm the kidneys or even be fatal for mother or baby. They also have a higher chance of becoming anemic. This can make you feel weak and tired and can affect your baby's development. Pregnant adolescents often have high risk of obstructive labor due to small pelvic cavity which may lead to the use of tools to assist delivery. If they have complication with their birth, it can result in infant death. Just what Dr. Mala had mentioned earlier, pregnant adolescents are at higher risk to get mental health problems such as depression, intense stress and pressure to become parents. They are faced with a lack of support from the community that will lead to depression and making wrong decisions as they're too young to be responsible. Oh, I see. I think it is because of the stigma of child pregnancy is still high in our community. Pregnant child may deal with feelings of shame, guilt, anger, denial and may lead to depression and low self-esteem. Eventually, they will be afraid to seek help from their friends or anyone which lead to further isolation from society. Thank you guys for the educational knowledge and answering my question. I think we have come to an end to our podcast. Thank you so much Miss Filza for being here with us today. And thank you to Dr. Mala as well for joining our podcast. I hope it will be a very beneficial for us and for the listeners. It was nice to have you here with us and we hope that we can work together again in the future. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Make sure to check the rest of the episode. Till then, stay safe and stay sane. Brewing a pot of consciousness with a side of wellness. Quench your curiosity with reality.